Hello there. The most frightening behavioral patterns on Earth are behavioral patterns that are disguised. Because they're disguised, they tend to be the most difficult to recognize. Obviously, if you can't recognize something, it's a barrier to awareness. Not only in the people who are exhibiting these behavioral traits, but also in the people who are observing them. Or shall I say, failing to observe them. years, I'm going to make it a personal point to expose these disguised behavioral patterns. But the first that I'm going to expose to you today is a common pattern that is in fact the most insidious of the covert patterns. And it is called the victim control dynamic. In this control dynamic, one person sets themselves up to look like the good guy, the victim, and someone else the bad guy, the perpetrator. However, the reason that this is a disguise is because it's the wolf in sheep's clothing technique. The person who is creating the problem in the first place is in fact the one who's painting themselves as the victim. Now this human behavior shows itself quite often in childhood and often with the younger siblings. So let's say you've got a family and there's a younger sibling and they don't feel their power within the family system. Because of that lack of empowerment, their power is dependent upon other people. So what happens? The younger sibling walks in towards the older sibling and smacks them. And then what do they do? Help, help, mom, dad, help, right? So the older system go sister or brother goes running after the child. And then the parents walk in, they take the situation at face value, and who's the bad guy? The older sibling. Now, the older sibling gets punished, and what do we know if those of us who are older siblings? The younger sibling will do what once the parents come in and play the rescuer to this child? They'll usually stick their tongue out, as if, look, I won. So now this seems really innocent, but what happens when people do this in adulthood? I did a YouTube video a while ago called How to Sell Your Soul to the Devil. In that episode, I explained that unmet needs are what causes demonic attachments and demonic expressions of behavior because what underlies them is a need that has to be met manipulatively. When it comes to control and power dynamics, as is the case with the victim control dynamic, the unmet needs are a sense of personal empowerment, a sense of oneself as being good, and attention. Because the person feels their need for personal empowerment, and the safety that comes with it, as well as their need for attention and a sense of inner goodness, cannot be met directly. It has to be met indirectly in superbly manipulative ways. And these manipulations are played out towards the person or people that the person feels less than. The reason the victim control dynamic is so difficult to recognize for someone who is exhibiting this behavior themselves is because the feelings behind the behavior aren't fake. Now, when we manipulate, it's easy to recognize that we're manipulating when we're doing it consciously. But many of these power control dynamics are not done consciously. So, for example, the feeling of being completely powerless to someone. That's very real, regardless of whether or not it is a reflection of what is true or not. 
the feeling is real. So when we're dealing with people who exhibit this victim control dynamic, the feelings behind that behavior are accurate. They feel like the world has been unfair to them. They feel like they're not in control of their life. They actually feel like they need to be rescued. And they literally feel powerless to the person who they're carrying out this behavior towards, regardless of whether or not they are actually powerless to them or not. So for example, let's say that you took a job working for a boss, but because of the way that you feel, any kind of authority figure makes you feel powerless. When you get around that person, your feelings of being unfairly treated and of being dominated and of not being in control of your reality are probably gonna come up. Those are very real feelings. Because of that, you're gonna see the boss, the authority figure is the bad guy, and you're gonna start to feel like the victim, regardless of whether or not that dynamic is actually occurring. But the problem is, if you're one of these people who is in this victim control dynamic, chances are you're not gonna see that the issue is your own feeling of powerlessness. After all, you could just quit the job. What you're gonna do is you're gonna focus on how your boss is messed up, how he really is being unfair and all the evil things you think he's doing. Underneath the victim control dynamic is an extremely low self-esteem. Now the center of self-esteem and self-concept is, is a sense of seeing yourself as, as good. But obviously if you have poor self-esteem you can't see yourself as good, so you have to find a way to see yourself as good in a manipulative way. So what do you need in order to feel good? A villain. For people who exhibit this behavioral pattern, often the only access they have to seeing and feeling themselves as good is by seeing and feeling someone else as really bad and having other people validate that perspective for them. The victim control dynamic can be carried out one-on-one. -on -one. The way this usually shows up is between two friends or a partner situation. Now one person will play the victim, even though, like I said, their feelings are accurate behind it. They will portray the picture that they are the abused victim of their partner to their partner, or that they are the abused friend of their friend to their friend. And the reason this is done is to deliberately make the other person feel super, super guilty so that they will conform to whatever is needed or wanted of them. That's why we call this a control technique. So this one-on-one -on -one expression of the victim control dynamic is painful enough, but it's not until this dynamic gets exposed to social groups that it takes on its particularly demonic form. It is this dynamic of feeling your goodness only in contrast to somebody who is totally horrible that makes this pattern so incredibly insidious because it works. We as people are absolutely conditioned to side with the underdog. We are conditioned to do this, why? Because our species survival depended upon it. In fact, one of the main reasons why our species survived like it did is because we caretake people within our society. We defend them. When someone looks like the victim, it triggers our own feelings of vulnerability, and so we project that onto them, and then by defending them, we are in fact defending the vulnerable side of ourselves. But because of this projection that we all do of our own vulnerability onto whoever looks like the victim, we cannot see beyond the surface of things. We cannot perceive ourselves being used as an accessory to a control dynamic. The victim control dynamic is just that. It's a control dynamic. And so what's gonna happen when someone is on the receiving end of this dynamic? 
They're going to respond just as somebody would to any threat. They're going to respond with defense, they're going to respond with anger, and they're going to respond with their own control techniques. And that is why the victim control drama always works. It always works because it capitalizes on the response of the person who is actually the victim to this control dynamic by making the real victim the false victim and the false victim the real victim. The people involved in this situation cannot see who the real underdog is. That's because the person who is playing out the victim control dynamic is the first one to take a strike. But people aren't seeing that because it is instantly followed up with them falling back into the behavior of being the victim, being unfairly treated, and how horrible life has been for them. And obviously, because it's a control dynamic, the person who's on the receiving end of this control dynamic is going to get mad at them. So all that people on the exterior see is an obvious underdog who's being picked on even worse by someone who's angry. This is profoundly gaslighting for the person who is on the receiving end of this behavior. It pulls them out of their own reality where they were just going about their business as usual and suddenly were cast into the role of the perpetrator by someone and suddenly were convicted of a crime they had no idea they even committed. Gaslighting is a form of abuse where you try to skew someone's reality. It's where you try to convince them that what they saw they didn't see, what they heard they didn't hear, and their perception of reality means they're crazy. And it makes people feel crazy. It makes them lose their mind. That's why it's so profoundly abusive. When someone strikes out at you in a power play and then plays the victim to you, it messes with your sanity and sense of reality. To give you another analogy, it'd be like somebody coming up to you on the street, hitting your legs out with a metal pipe, and then instantly getting down on the floor and rolling around as if you're the one that hit them. So, imagine in this scenario that somebody was to go hit you in the legs with a metal pipe. And then they instantly dropped to the ground and said, why are you doing this to me? It's so unfair. And rolling around on the ground as if they were just hit by the metal pipe. Now, obviously that would make you super angry. So imagine you were like, what the hell was that? You just hit me. Get up off the floor. This is not okay. And that was what people saw. Was a person standing over someone who was rolling around on the floor as if they'd just been hit. Who is being yelled at. Who's the monster in the scenario now? And this is how the person who's actually the target of the victim control dynamic gets targeted by the entire social group. And the false victim is the one who is going to be defended. The way that the real victim reacts to the false victim just validates the way that that false victim is trying to portray the real victim as the bad guy, as the evil one. So now, once everyone rallies around the false victim against the real victim, they do this to avoid being the bad guy themselves. This pattern forces people to identify with their hero personality and defend their victim personality externally against their own villain personality externally. Everyone validates this person's poor me mentality by saying, wow, gosh, you're right, I feel so sorry for you. And the real victim becomes the bad guy in everyone's eyes in this way. And in this way, the false victim is in fact controlling everyone, including the real victim. And they get to feel a sense of empowerment and goodness this way. 
It's at this point that this dynamic in a social group gets even more gaslighting. Because the false victim, which is in fact the one playing the victim control dynamic, now goes into a pattern of behavior where they decide between two courses of action. Either they decide they're going to stand up to and be empowered against the person who they're playing this control drama against, in which case they're encouraged to do so by the social group as if they're standing up to an abuser. Or they choose to rally the entire social group around helping that person with their anger or their reactivity. So they weave other people into this collective project of helping the person whose very distress they are in fact causing. And in both scenarios, the real victim becomes the scapegoat of the social group. This dynamic destroys lives when it happens between parents and children, as it sometimes does in dysfunctional homes, and often with the mother. So what we will see, this pattern that's most common, is that the mother will feel powerless in some way to one of the children that she has. Because of that feeling of powerlessness, she will pull one of these victim control dynamics towards her own child, whereby she paints that child as the problem one that's causing all of her issues. She will then weave the entire family into her side, defending her against this child, and then flip it so she can feel her own goodness even further by weaving everybody in to heal that family scapegoat. And it's oftentimes when family scapegoats commit suicide that this particular dynamic is what was going on in the family home. When someone is locked in the victim control dynamic, they want to make you feel like you've wronged them or done bad to them. They want you to feel guilt and shame, but here's the key. When it works, and if they manage to actually produce proof that you have wronged or hurt them in some way, no matter what you do to make amends or make things right, it will produce no lasting improvement. Their air of being victimized and wronged by you does not go away. No matter what you do, they will continue to produce more scenarios where you've wronged them often creating scenarios where they already know you will choose in the opposite direction of what they want. They already know you're going to say no to them, so again they can repeat this dynamic of keeping you in the bad guy role and them in the poor me role. When someone is in a victim control drama, they also tend to hunt for apologies, because the apology feels like an I win to someone that needs to one-up the other person by proving that they're good and the other person's bad. But no resolve will last, because that is how they get their power. So resolving the feelings of being wronged only lasts as far as the apology. Then they have to slip back into the same dynamic to gain back a sense of power again. In the spiritual world and the psychology world, the word victim tends to carry a huge stigma. Because of the stigma, we can't ever actually address the aspects of us that do feel sorry for ourselves, or the aspects of ourselves that were actually victimized, because we're so shamed for even thinking that way. So what happens when we can't even acknowledge aspects of ourselves? They turn demonic. They get completely out of control. Now they're the ones that are running the show, but from our subconscious mind, and we're not even aware of it. It is critical that we take off the stigma so we can actually become aware of the aspects of ourselves that do feel sorry for ourselves, that do feel unfairly treated, and that do feel hurt, and that do feel powerless. The reality is, if you succumb to the victim control dynamic, and this is a behavioral pattern that you have, you were not supported and nurtured like you needed to be as a child. You do not get taught the empowerment that you should have been taught. You were victimized instead. That's why this is the only way you could gain power. 
It is this original victimization that needs to be focused on. Otherwise, what happens is it gets played out in your current relationships and situations where you're not actually getting victimized. Here's the thing. There will be the occasional scenario where some psychotic husband bashes his wife's brains out with a shovel and puts her in the back of the car. In those types of situations, you are powerless. But the reality is in your adult life, if you're in an abusive situation, you do have the power to leave it. So if we're not leaving it, we have to ask ourselves why. Oftentimes when we ask ourselves why, it's because the only control we actually have is by being in it. The only way we actually get a sense of goodness is by being abused. We have to see the difference between our own powerlessness that exists no matter what other people around us do or don't do, and other people making us powerless. This is the form of responsibility we have to start taking for our own weakness and fear. For any of you who exhibit this victim control dynamic in your relationships, I want to speak to you for a minute. The suckiest part about having been victimized is that it doesn't change the fact that you still have to live a normal life. And we all know how freaking hard that is. But there comes a point where it's like, yes, you were tortured. Yes, you were abused. Or yes, you were just not nurtured in the way you needed to be nurtured and life was unfair. And what's more unfair is that even so, it doesn't change the fact that you have to take responsibility for your life and start from where you are even if it is at a disadvantage. And to put one foot in front of the other until you're actually creating the kind of life you want to create. This particular dynamic, just like all other camouflaged dynamics, has to be exposed for it not to work. So for this reason, if you're in a situation where this victim control dynamic is taking place, the dynamic itself has to be exposed. You can start by saying directly to this person, I feel like you're making me feel guilty or ashamed to control me and to make yourself look like the victim so that these people will defend you against me or so that I will do what you want. And I feel like you are being really unfair. When they argue with you and make you feel guilt for that, simply tell them, I'm only telling you what I feel. Instead of arguing with their logic, keep telling them how the situation feels to you. When you're dealing with someone who's in this dynamic, you have to zoom way out so your responses can be ahead of theirs. So what you wanna do is basically expose them in their game. Any question could be used for this. But for example, you want to ask them, what do you want me to do right now? What is your next step? You keep putting it back on them for how they need resolution to occur so that it can be exposed that they don't actually want resolution. They need to see that what they actually want is to win or to have other people see you as bad or to be rescued in some way or you know, fill in the blank. They want you to be cast in the victim role. In other words, they're looking to be validated in being the victim and to stay the victim because of what that gets them. If they give you an answer as to what they need for a perceived injustice and it doesn't seem fair to you at all, ask them why they think that would give them some sense of justice. If they say, I need an apology, ask them why, what would that give you? Understandably so, this particular pattern is so incredibly frustrating that most people do not actually have the wherewithal to control their reactivity to the degree that they need to control it to deal with people who are exhibiting this behavior in a way where they can expose the game instead of just implicate themselves. 
Underneath it all, if we're locked in the victim control dynamic, we have to own the fact that we have aspects of us that feel weak, ashamed, out of control of ourselves, victimized, powerless, and sorry for ourselves. We have to admit we feel sorry for ourselves. We desperately want people to sit and just listen to this aspect of us and see it and validate it and potentially rescue us out of it. So accept, this is where I am. This aspect of us feels this way because probably in the past we were victimized in a situation where we were completely helpless. But we need to be open to the idea that we're probably acting helpless in a situation where we aren't helpless. We're simply not acknowledging our responsibility for our own choices that we're making and that are keeping us in a situation that feels bad. We want emotional validation for our pain so desperately we can't hardly see straight. When we're engaged in a controlled dynamic, we're not being authentic. The question is, what are we not being authentic about? Usually it's the way we really feel, what we really want, what we really think. Being inauthentic allows us to not face something about ourselves that's too scary or painful to face. What's ironic is taking responsibility for what we actually feel, what we actually want, what we actually think, and how we are the ones keeping ourselves trapped in a power situation is in fact the first step to empowerment. Any form of manipulation designed to take energy from someone is about not being able to acknowledge or state what we actually need. Usually we've done this because we decided what we need is bad. For example, in today's world, a person can't just acknowledge their need for their pain to be validated, and so instead, they just incessantly complain about things and don't change. A person who can't acknowledge their need to be significant may kill someone to be significant. If a person can't admit to their need to be the center of attention, they may just cause all kinds of conflict to be the center of attention. To understand more about how this works, watch my video on YouTube titled, Meet Your Needs. So long story short, you've got to become aware of your needs and you've got to admit to them. Even if you think admitting to them makes you a bad person. It in fact makes you a hundred times safer and a hundred times more empowered. But I want you to ask yourself, why is it that I can't assert my needs? What am I so afraid will happen if I assert my needs? in an assertive way, in a straightforward way. Why do I make other people responsible for my needs and then make them the bad guy if they can't meet them? If you're dealing with a person who's locked in the victim control drama, they want your energy. They want your positive attention. They want your sympathy. They want your empowerment. They want to be rescued by you. They want for you to take responsibility for them. So be honest with yourself. Can you really do that? The sad thing about people who are locked in the victim control dynamic is they so often gravitate towards relationships with people who quite literally can't provide those needs for them. So they're going to constantly be locked in a cycle of things being unfair and not getting their needs met, which is in fact a re-traumatization for them. You have to consult your own personal boundaries on this next one, but there is a unanimous way to stop these control dynamics, and that's to give them exactly what they want if you can. Now for somebody who is in the victim control dynamic, what they want is your energy, and so the best way to get them to stop the control dynamics is to just give it to them. Just 100% no resistance. It's the same energy, for those of you who are resisting it, it's the same energy as walking into a room full of mosquitoes willing to just give them your blood. But here's the thing, if you find yourself on the receiving end of this victim control dynamic often, then you have a weak spot. 
It is that weak spot that is being capitalized on by the person who is exhibiting this victim control dynamic. And it is that very weakness which helped you enter into this person's life in the first place. That weak spot is the inability to sit with any feelings of shame, guilt, or being a bad person. You can't sit with this emotion, and as a result, you're a rescuer. You rescue someone anytime you feel you might be the slightest bit responsible for their pain. Now here's the thing. If you really have this weakness, then you're the kind of person who if you drive by a homeless person on the street and you don't give them money, now you're responsible for why they can't eat tonight. This is the type of personality that people who are deep in the victim control dynamic love to find and feed on. So if you have a situation in your life where someone in your life is playing this victim control dynamic perpetually and you are constantly cast in the role of the bad guy, I need you to look back at how you first met. See if you can identify any dynamic there where you rescued them from something, where you saw them as disadvantaged in some way and yourself as responsible to meet those needs so they were no longer disadvantaged in that way. Now here's the funny part. Chances are when you met, it was in a way where you were trying to rescue them from something or someone. And potentially, that thing you were trying to rescue them from before was just someone or something they had pulled the same victim control dynamic with before you. So take a good look at your childhood. Why is it that you feel so incapacitated to sit with your own feelings of shame that are the result of feeling like you have caused someone pain in some way? Who didn't you rescue? Why are you so desperate to rescue people? Now, the more adept you get at sitting with the feelings of shame and guilt, the more immune you are to people who try to capitalize on all your resources through making you feel shame and guilt. If we have become a victim to this control dynamic in any way, we need to become aware of the holy trinity of personas within ourselves, the victim within us that holds our vulnerability and that we are trying to rescue through other people, the villain within us that we are trying to avoid at all costs, and the hero who is so desperate to be good it gets in all kinds of trouble trying to rescue people. When we start to care for these aspects within us, the war between these aspects will end and they will stop having to externalize in our world as other people. But this particular dynamic, the victim control dynamic, it destroys social groups. And so, for this reason, I decided to expose it today. Look at your relationships and see if you can see it clearly. And remember, sometimes it is very important to acknowledge who the victim is. And in our society, we have a very hard time with that. A lot of times, especially when we don't want to sit with the discomfort of what reality actually looks like outside in a world that's not safe, we don't side with the victim when we really should. Other times, because of our own projection, we side with the false victim. We side with the person who looks like they're the victim, when in fact, they're being the villain. Have a good week.